what is the it that people think that they're making? You know, you want proof that the artwork is not the artifact. This is it, right? Um, Collingwood has a good example. That Collingwood is the expression theorist, the great expression theorist of the arts, and he argues that art is basically imaginative expression by which you mean a very complex thing, but. If you had the works, his example is somebody says that in you know in, a, in an infinite number of time, if you have a hundred monkeys hitting typewriter keys, they'll eventually type out the works of Shakespeare. You've heard this one, right? It's a familiar one. He says, "Who could think that the possession of the book is good? If you possess the book with the words in it, you are possessing the works of Shakespeare." Right? And it's a perfect example because if you had, if you didn't know English and you had and you had a volume of collected Shakespeare, would you have Shakespeare? Right? The artifact can't be the work, right? It can't be the work. Uh, something, the artifact may be directions for getting the work into your mind, right? but only if the work has been made in such a way as to be expressive of what was in your mind when you made it. And a computer, which has no mind, can't express anything. So the kid, then you should be able to tell. Collingwood would say that you should be able to tell, actually, by trying to reconstruct the emotions that are being expressed in that painting, that there are, in fact, no emotions being expressed in that painting. Yeah. Right. The, the guy who made the computer program, when faced with the question, well, experts would know that this wasn't a said, if we'd had more time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why Rembrandt of all people? I mean, they could have done a Mondrian or something, you know, maybe that would have. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been doing it often enough. No, they couldn't have done a Roscoe, but they could have done it. So they're harder to do than they look. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a large body of philosophical theories that takes it for granted that the work of art is not, not the same thing as the artifact. Um, Anymore, Collingwood would say, you don't go to a scientific, when you go to a scientific lecture, you hear, you hear noises proceeding from the lecturer's mouth, right? But you're not there to hear noises proceeding from his mouth. You're there to think his thought, right? Otherwise, you're not hearing the lecture. You don't know what he's saying unless you can think his thought for yourself. So you are doing something to the sounds that are reaching your ears, namely constructing the thoughts that, that they are signs of, right? Uh, the same thing would go for a work of art, except it wouldn't be thoughts that were being uh, expressed, it would be emotions. And that sounds irrefutable to me, actually. There's another aspect of the emotion, that's the expression part of it, but in the imagination part of it, and this is something that is also worth noticing, by the way, because this can't be algorithmically reduced, I think. Collingwood says the work of art is a total experience of total imaginative activity. By which he means that even though the painting is reaching you through your eyes, it has values that are not simply visual. Uh, for example, if he's thinking of a painting of, you know, my 1930s, it has what are known as tactile values, right? I mean, the whole effort in Western painting has been to model a figure so that you have a three-dimensionality of space, right? But space isn't something that you perceive it, it originally. It's something you, you move through. Right? So when a painter depicts space, he's actually depicting a tactile sensation, not a visual one. Right? Mm -hmm. And of course, space isn't the only thing that you, that you get when you look at a painting. You also get the feel of the materials that are being depicted, let's say. In a Rembrandt, you can, 
the fur is not just a visual experience of fur, it's a tactile experience of what fur feels like. Um, there's a Monet up at the Met that I always use an example of this because there's a painting of a, of a scene and there's shade and there's light. And somehow, if you're looking at the painting the right way, you feel the difference in the atmospheric pressure between sunlight and shade that really occurs when, you're, when you have a, a summer day. And also that, that Monet up at the Met, that, um, of the boats in the water. And I defy anyone to look at it and not hear that sound that boats make when they flop around in the water. Right, so Collingwood would say that the all the although the eyes are being impressed by the artifact, the imagination is constructing, not constructing. The imagination is uh, say reconstructing, maybe to say imagining an experience that is not just visual but tactile, auditory, sensory, olfactory, whatever it is. Right, um, because that's what the painter has put into it. Right, the reason it's there, and the reason why Monet is Monet and Rembrandt is Rembrandt, is that's what they do. And it's not because they can they can do a few, they can paint from a photograph what a photograph looks like. Um, and how is a computer going to do that? Right, because the and those are the values that make the thing a work of art, actually, not the visual appearance of, a, of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That would be the way to attack it, actually, if anybody, if anyone needed to point out the fortuity of it. Is it being attacked, or is it being received? Um, it's being received with praise from the tech community, and uh, that's, I don't know. I'm sure the art world had something to say, but... The art world might regard it as a new kind of art. <laughs> Algorithm art. Right? Um, <laughs> they, they, yeah. They would have, <laughs> yeah, the art world is claiming to have already done that. They would have abandoned that they'll not to commit treason and, and give up Rembrandt in favor of the algorithm. I don't know. What everyone knows this experience, right? When you when you read a poem, I know that the imagery of poetry doesn't is over overrated as visual imagery. But when you read a poem, you do have sensations other than simply the passage of your eye over the page, right? You have feelings of other kinds, right? Where are those coming from? They can't be coming from the artifact, right? The art is something that the imagination has to do to the artifact to make it live as a work of art. The same way there's something that the mind has to do to the noises proceeding from a lecturer's mouth to make it into a, an argument, right? Something has to be done. Notice that that's an activity, an imaginative activity. It's not something that is passively done by the person or happens to the person. The person has to do something to get that activity out of the thing, right? That's why it's an imaginative activity. Um, and that a computer just cannot do, right? It can't do it. Um, so I don't see, I'm sure that the real way it can find out is to see that there'd be nothing, there'd be nothing behind the painting that would be alive. It does actively look at the painting, but it looks at it in terms of numbers exclusively. So it extracts a series of numbers. It's doing something. I it's suppose. definitely doing something. Well, is it doing something? It's doing the. It's doing what it does. Which is extract. Extrapolate or extract out. Yeah, it's doing something. It's not. It's getting numbers. It's not doing the work of art. Not an imaginative activity anyway. No, it's a numeric activity or mathematical activity. Yeah. Okay. What I don't understand is why a person would want to be a known person because he or she makes a computer do what another person 
It's like, this is my achievement in life. Instead of just doing something human, I'll make a computer do something human. Because that's, that's what I want to do. That's kind of what Collingwood says. He said that the real interest here is the revelation of, of the mind of the person who would think that monkeys could write the plays of Shakespeare. Like, what are you trying to prove? You think that, right? I don't know. But that's the world you're, you've got to look forward to. All right. Anyway, I'm speaking of... No, I'm not going to say <laughs> Speaking of the Whitney... <laughs> I know. I, I won't share my opinion of the museum with anybody, but I think the best way to proceed with this, since we don't have the thing in front of us, and since the thing is so incredibly big, when you actually have to walk around it. It is, it is, it is. And for, to house one good painting, I don't know, it seems like, <laughs> seems like a, lot, a lot of space for one good painting. Which painting did he mean? The Gorky mother and the mother and son. Right? That's... They actually have a bad Morris Lewis. I didn't think there were bad Morris Lewis. <laughs> that collection. Um, <laughs> well, the collection I can write. The collection is utterly second-rate. Utterly second-rate. I do not understand how that museum could have spent that much money for that many years to come up with that bad a collection. You know that the way I, I, I maybe you guys all know this, but I didn't know that the way that the Whitney side was that. Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney actually tried to donate her artwork to the Met, and they said no, and that's why she put a museum together. She didn't know that. I didn't know that. I... <laughs> she said, no, this is all this work of art that I want to donate, and they were like, no, we don't want your art. And so she was like, oh, well, so I'll have my own space. That's because we never collected modern art until very late. That's why their collection is very great, by the way. But I'm on their side in this case. Turned it down too. They do have a good Twombly, but it wasn't up. Uh, at least I didn't see it. So anyway, that's just a reflection. I think the way to proceed with this is just to say what we saw first, and then ask the rhetorical question: What anybody noticed about the place? Because we have to sort of reconstruct it a little bit. Everyone has a different view of it, right? So we'll try to put those together. Um, I noticed on the outside, they're not large windows. But they were, some of them were like an angle and stuff. Um, and and the inside was like concrete, like with uh, like like gridded, you know, towards the stairs and the whole space. Um, I saw a lot of like either square or rectangular um, shapes, like circles. Even the lighting were like round. Um, and the fact that they use like like the bowls and and the, the staircase was. Bulbs in the staircase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, they'll go in the main, in the central staircase. Um, but then it started getting a little weird when you went inside elevators. Some of them are like a mirror. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, some of them like I think all these graphics and it was, it was getting like out of. I mean, it felt like what was going on here because you have like this cold feeling when you get in there. Like it's all like. Really, I guess, like modern-ish. Um, is, is there a geometric uh, set of patterns in that? Did anyone else notice it? No, it felt like there were some consistent grids yeah. that had an occasional angle cut into it, mm -hmm. rather than just something that was just kind of... It's true sort of on the plaza when you look up, 
it has that sort of descending angle, and then the ceilings yeah, have that sort of consistent grid, and then the walls would cut across it just slightly, interrupting that grid. Was that right on all the floors? Yeah, I think it was consistent throughout the floor. Yeah, generally consistent. Yeah. The cut is not consistent. The slicing is not everywhere. Uh -huh. Slicing is in specific places, but the cladding has long, thin rectangles, and on every ceiling, the grid work for lighting has long, thin rectangles. Yeah. And in a lot of places, the concrete and windows are also made of long. No, the windows are always long, thin rectangles, and the concrete is often long, thin rectangles. Is it the motif you can't call long thin rectangles or what are called? <laughs> well, that's it. Or, or, or rectangles and diagonals, right? No, not diagonals, what would you call them? It, there's, there's rectangles and then what look like they're going to be triangles but are cut off. This, is, this was a pattern I saw where it looks like it's going to be a triangle but then the tip is cut off so it makes it a trapezoid. And so these mm -hmm. these rectangles and trapezoids are very hard. And then the few triangles that I did see were at often at meeting points where a rectangle meets a trapezoid, and then there's a, one triangle in the middle. So, so I got it. Complete the space. Those are all straight. Yeah, those are all straight lines. Yeah. Yeah. No, the cladding, every time the cladding hits a corner on the outside of the room, it curves. Yeah, curves. Is it um, curves? But it curves. But Isn't it, it an it, angle, though? Yeah, but it curves to create a 90 degree angle. Yeah, yeah but it's still rounded. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, a corner. It's, it's, it's very specifically rounded. It's the outside. You know how I did that blue panels all the outside the yes. That's what I'm going to So we do have, we have rounded edges? At the, so. But the rounded edge is only. I saw exist in the metal, all the metal siding. There are windows that have rounded edges too. Yeah. Also, the office spaces are in the drawing room and you can also have drawings. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they sort of like enlarge portholes. Cut out of the metal siding, no. Are they? Yeah. So there are rounded windows. There are there are round windows. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Round on the corners. Uh, no, no actual round windows. Yeah. 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 Another thing that I noticed um, when you went into the exhibition, they kept it light, even the floor looks, even though it's wood, it, it, it's, it felt really light, like old. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, um, but like white. So they, they made it so it could feel open. White, yeah. yeah. White, I got white. Yeah, white was everywhere. What was the floor? I got, yeah. That's right. White. I got white. It looked like it was dark. It looked like it had been darker wood and that they they shaved off the top. Or like some parts of them stained. Yeah. It was inconsistent. It was very light. Did everyone 
noticed that the center of the building was a massive monolith of concrete. Yeah, they brought it from Canada, that concrete. They had those things made in Canada to achieve the same color. It's true. And they brought all of them from Canada because they wanted the very same color. They didn't want like different shades of concrete, which is very easy to get. And they brought it all from Canada because of the kinds of like powder. I don't know the names in English. Too. We don't. We don't. Need, we don't really need to know the uniform concrete, right? Uniform concrete makes up the vertical core of the building. The elevators, the staircases. They all inhabit that vertical core of concrete. And, and the motion of the forest is perpendicular to that concrete. The walls were also built. I don't know if this is consistent with the architecture and the boundary stages. To look as though they didn't touch the floor or the ceiling. So look at the floor and you look at the corner, there was sort of a floated wall. Yeah, they don't actually. Nothing ever touches. Yeah, the ceiling is sunk a little bit as high as sort of the top, so it looks like everything's floating apart from each other. That kind of makes sense with the concrete on the walls, how they have a like, like a two or three inches, like an inch and a half gap or something like that. Yeah, the, 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 the sort of an occasional inverse of gutter in the wall that too would keep that feature generated. Because there's those slats along the ceiling where they put the walls and just slide them away from the wall, I suppose. So they've got those tall, thin ones, unless there's a wall in the center that they construct, in which case it has to be significant, or like noticeably shorter and, and wider. And the siding itself on the outside of the building does the same trick, where if, if there's a grain of siding going in this direction, and then a grain that cuts across it like this, they will never actually touch each other. There's always a gap. Materials, the two materials ex ex excluding where the windows meet things. Yeah. Never touch each other. Is that the same for the high line? I wonder. Because my, my first, I don't want to say debuting quotes of the Whitney is I went up onto the high line and I noticed that the Whitney was hidden behind this, like some sort of high line park headquarter type mm -hmm. thing, which is, mm -hmm. is in, of the same architecture. Which was that's all So that it feels like the sort of integrated. Yeah, the molded blocks. I don't know how much hidden portions left. So gaps are and the, the, the gaps are in the cladding too. Long. Yeah. Can't we? Yeah. They're not. I don't know if they're. They're not obviously not gaps you can pass through, but they're. No, they're probably not. Visual gaps. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of not touching things. Go on. The glass of the doors. Consistently glass for I think every door. There's some rotating doors as well, but large uh, metal cylindrical handles. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot of there's large panels across. I don't I don't know how. Uh, I don't know. Know. It is true. Um, we were talking about this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, from the outside you can see through, but only to the. Um, Cafe, uh, gift shop, and elevators. Um, the big, the big glass area. Um, yeah. It extends. We were like looking at it from the from where the front doors are, and that's like the big glass, like open. Everything is visible, and then when you, if your eye moves up, it ceases to be transparent entirely, right? Because it turns into those opaque. 
panels. But then those windows that are cut into it, the little rounded edges windows, those windows go into the offices. So all you can see through is fluorescent lighting and like whatever is in the, like the office ceiling. So you can't actually see into any part of the museum except for the first floor. Sometimes they have like a massive work of art inside that open gallery, that first one on the fifth floor. It's just that this time they had that exhibition with the curtains, mm, so you couldn't see it though. They're yeah. talking about the very the entrance way though. The yeah, the very, 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 very door. Yeah. yeah. The other glass yeah, is for looking can't out. Of, it up? You yeah. can't just see it up. through the glass that it must be. Yeah. Uh, is it I, it's hard to say because it's that way. Yeah, open that giant open space. I think that's sometimes you can see. Which giant open space? That's fifth floor. It's an open gallery, so it's always a different exhibition. It's called like open space. But the windows, where are the windows on that? But I think it's on both sides. Can like west and east sides. Can you see it good from the street? I think you can. I don't know. Because can. certainly you, you can't you see it like see this. The windows, but I think the view you would get would basically just be of that gridded ceiling. It must be, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you you're so. But what if you like you stay? Let's say you're staying. Let's say you live. Well, let's say you work on one of those buildings and you see it from like further up. Can't you see inside? No, because the windows are specifically faced. Towards one side faces the river, and the other yeah, side faces a place where there isn't any high-rise buildings for at least a few, at least a while. Like zone yeah. for little. Yeah. Good sign. You could send a drone up and hover there. And think about it. Yeah. So the, the windows. Apparently, you also can through. see all of the rooms in the standard hotel for some reason that was very disturbing. Yeah. Well, weird different projection of. Uh, like you can see someone's intimacy, but you can't see one. Can you ever see into a museum, though? I mean, I mean in other words, the, 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 the new parts of it with oh, uh, sheets of glass. The corrosion dinkle you can. And with the modern. You can't see into the eyes, you can see the lobby. Yeah. And you can see the stuff. You can't get very further away so you can see inside the modern. Because it's still. The Whitney doesn't have any artworks on the first floor, is that right? Yeah. No, there are a gallery in the back. Yeah, there are in the back, but you can't see it. It's impossible. You have to get a very specific angle. Okay, so. There is a glass door. And that's the free gallery. That's the one you don't have to pay for entrance. I didn't know that. Yeah, I learned that. That's the only area that you don't want. It's just a little room. Right now, the show is contemporary artists that are considered young, I guess. Well, it is true. I mean, we, I think we could say you can see the places you can go for free, but you can't see the places that you have to pay for. Yeah. That seems to be. Yeah. 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 Free, is, free is weird because the places that you can go are the bookshop where you pay for things and the restaurant where you pay for things. Yeah. <laughs> So you can just go in and, and hang out and go out. If I remember correctly, isn't the restaurant sort of broke off? Yeah. The restaurant. Yeah. So you have to wait yeah. to be able to go through. Yeah. But you can yeah. see all of it. But you can yeah. see. You don't have to pay the museum to go into the restaurant. No. 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 Definitely. Some people try to enter the museum through the restaurant. Okay. But they are stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. In, in regards to the entry, it's 180 degrees of entryway. 
some sense because there's stairs that rack. So it's the entryway is accessible from that. Actually, that concrete wall I was talking about from that wall forward is all entryway. That wall actually divides that building. Like, if you go up and you realize it, like, the north side is all, like, the museum structures, like, that education place, the office space is on the north side, and all the exhibition sides are to the south. So, like, the, the exhibition part of it, like, the public part is to, towards one side of that division, and the museum staff and everything else is on the other side, so it divides up that space. Interesting. you think they would do that because the light... Sun goes over. Some of it coming in from the south side, but that wall is mostly blank. Sound is mostly blank. They do have the. They have windows on either ends, on the back side, on the on the, on the east side. So the galleries must get incredible morning light. Yes. Early morning. Early morning light. And and the windows on the on the sixth. Seventh and eighth floors are slightly tilted in comparison to the fifth floors, so you would get you would get af not afternoon but late morning light in those as well. Okay. Another thing is um, once you go outside, it's kind of metal. What about the balconies? Yeah, we haven't dealt with those. Is that so yeah. yeah. First floor, you mean you can see the statue of Liberty? Yeah, inside of the building. Oh, uh, like the corner of stone, yeah, and then you kind of point to it. Oh, what do I put on the board for that? <laughs> Liberty. <laughs> Landmark. I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. I hadn't noticed that at all. No, The reason why that, the order is significant is because that sort of includes in the building of this is formal, not rhetorical, that, that, that the passage of the person through the building is what the experience in the building is to be considered. Does that make sense? Not just a static object, but the, the passage through it. They put all the passage, though, in that one. The only place you move that's not open gallery space is that one. Or the staircases to the, to the east side. Not in line with it. Okay. Every staircase and elevator is in, is in line with that concrete. Staircases on the terraces. And those terraces are in line with the concrete. But it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. The staircases. Every every yeah. The staircases. If you look at it 
in, in profile, those terrorist staircases jut off of that concrete block. And so they're sort of just extensions of where the concrete wall is. So yeah, there's the one central staircase, and then there's two on either side, and then the oh, stairs, but there's and also then the elevator shaft in the middle. Mm -hmm. You can't just use one of them to get to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. The elevators are the most disturbing thing. That was the most. I hate those things. The central staircase horrible. The central staircase was one of the. The
completely different from the rest of the space. Completely different. And also the back staircase. Why, why did it feel completely different? It was much more open, much more light. And also the windows that like the paneled windows on the fifth floor, as far as I could see, they were completely opaque. So you can't see out of them. On the sixth floor, you can see out of them. Also on the sixth floor, the balcony is not it's not attached to anything else. Like on the fifth floor, it's attached to, I guess, another cafe or something, right? Yeah. yeah. On the fifth floor, it doesn't have a balcony, I think, except for it does, but it's yeah. the one that's on top of the building. Maybe I'm thinking of the eighth floor. So it's a very different sort of balcony. The eighth floor is the reason that the windows on the fifth floor are opaque is because they have screens down. Yeah. You can normally see out of those windows. Normally you can. Which is, yeah. unfortunately, they, they actually covered up the. <laughs> That's part of the building, which has those giant windows on the fifth floor. Aren't there like plugs shaking on the inside of the window? Occasionally, but it's not a. It's not everywhere, really. That's good to know. Um, but the balcony, the sixth floor is one space. Like when you're passing through the exhibition, you what? <laughs> You go into the balcony, you can walk into the balcony and it feels like it's it's sort of the end of the room is the balcony. Whereas on the eighth floor and on the fifth floor, especially on the fifth, the fifth floor is the tiny little one, right? Yeah. No. Fifth floor is the massive one that was yeah, covered in black. Yeah, fifth floor is the open yeah. Okay. Um, where's, the, where's the one that's like the little one? The middle one? The where's the one? The middle one? The seven was closed. Seven was closed. Seven was closed, yeah. But there's a tiny little balcony that, that's at the end of the that's very on the eighth floor. That's on the eighth floor? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's the balcony that you can't descend to the other ones from. Right, yeah. Because it's just like it's the smallest one. Um, hard work on that. Yeah. Wasn't there a sculpture? Yeah, there was. Yeah. There was one sculpture. Yeah, there was yeah. a sculpture further down. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I just saw it. Don't worry. I missed it. Yeah. It didn't have much presence there in the city. All right, well, I didn't know that you could see through those windows, so that's good <laughs> to know. Yeah. I thought they were always opaque, um, which I thought was interesting because on the sixth floor, they, they were transparent. You could see through them. Um, no, they had, so they had the black curtains, and then behind the black curtains, they had the, the screens. Gotcha. The, the back stairwell, the one that's not the one that's in the middle, but the one that has the big windows, the, I thought it was noticeable that you have this kind of incredible view of the Hudson mm -hmm. and actually when I opened the door it was at the time of day when the sun was hitting it so the entire stairwell was just like filled with this blinding white light to the point where it like felt like there wasn't anything that I was going to step down on it felt like it was just going to fall through space um but it was just like so bright and and lit but it's not it's not designed in the way that the central staircase is like you can see utilitarian things like sprinkler yeah. And the signs also, mm -hmm. we were saying this earlier, the first thing that they know of the sign is the cafe in Paris, mm -hmm. followed generally by something else, and then it says special exhibits or collections. Mm -hmm. One thing that I thought was really strange about those wall texts by the door uh, mm -hmm. is that, again, I think this is on the fifth floor, if, if you go towards that door that leads to the back stairwell with the big window, the utilitarian one. It says on the side of it, two upper floors or two like to upper floors, and I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I can get through the whole 
museum through the staircase. Is mm -hmm. that not true? So I went into it, and then next to that, it says to lower floors. But I can definitely go down to the lower floors from here. So it's like... But you're not supposed, yeah, though it doesn't stop supposed. you from doing it either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that staircase, nothing did touch. I mean, banisters would, the new banister would begin where the old one, there'd be a gap. Also on the eighth floor, there's like these huge columns. I don't know if that was a, a piece or not. It looks like they forgot them there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what was nice about it was that when you're in the last floor, you could see, you know, um, underneath, like, what, what's going on. Every single one of those floors, as soon as you get out of the elevator, is a hallway. Yeah. yeah. And then something happens. The sixth floor was the only floor I felt less of that. Less of that. It was still there. It was still there. It was directional. Yeah. But it was, nonetheless, there was something in the middle between the, the abstract expressionist and your other stuff. Mm -hmm. But those walls dividing the floors, they're all like movable, right? Yes. None of them is fixed. They're all movable and they all display their movability. Yes, mm -hmm. very, very blatantly. They want you to know. Yeah. Okay. And also in the lobby, nothing, everything is on wheels if you think about it. Like the that table that the people, mm -hmm. like where you buy your tickets for, even the bookshelves in the bookstore, everything is on wheels. You can. You could pretty much move everything around and out of the lobby if you wanted. Yeah, everything's movable. And, and displays its movability, except as you say, that central core. Which you sort of go down through, so it's not that the what I was going in, we felt a little bit confusing because everything felt so open. And um, I said like literally accent on where to like buy the tickets because it wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't a line. It was a Wisely. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised how empty it was actually. Yeah. yeah. Kind of the cafe on the eighth floor was popping. Yes, it was around there too. And the lot of kitchen people. was busy, but you could see through the corridor. Yeah. Oh, we can also. The views from that kitchen were not bad. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> if you were going to work in a kitchen. How did you get to the. Oh, oh it's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. All right. There was one door that when you started opening it would start opening of its, of its own volition, and if you didn't know that, <laughs> you really didn't know. Trying to stop it. There was a woman standing there, she was on her phone, and I was opening the door, and it was about to like knock her over. <laughs> I couldn't stop it. Oh man, in that, in that main fifth floor space with the couches and then the curtains, I saw three couches and people, and none of them were looking up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one was looking up. 
was a woman in there. There was a lot of bags that was taking them. And I was like, oh, maybe they're taking photos. No. But no, they were checking their email. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, it felt like a lounge, like a bar. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have something to uh, Just when he was speaking of the automatic doors, I noticed that there was a gallery we were on with the radio gallery and then like the man who turned the door and then moved to the next side automatic. But that only happens once you pay to get in. There's a free gallery with him to get in the door. All right. It's funny there's that notion too of there being these two separate spaces or two different buildings. I mean, even the text has like this one weight and then the arrows that are pointing right to it. It's like what weight mm -hmm. comes to it. But I am not sure. So now what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> one, one way to think about it, um, just to start with another civilian kind of approach. What is the ethos projected? I know that Aristotle would make that depend on what the persuasion was, but it seems the easier way in to be saying this through the ethos. Seems to be established by it. If we said how is that established, we would say in this various way. Kind of. uh, go on. I, I want to say transparency because you're supposed to be able to, everything exhibits its either invisibility or the transparency of the door and seeing into the workspace. We have, have a problem, we have a problem with transparency. Yeah, that falls through. So, falls back. so then you can't see into the galleries. Yeah. You can't, yeah. So that, that's a problem. I know it seems to promise some kind of transparency, but it, it, but it also feels like it pushes people wanting to see that. It feels like they want people to believe that about it, and then it just doesn't quite follow through. I agree with that. That would be a criticism of it. But what would yeah. be the what would be the reason for it? Yeah. Right. That would be the question. Well, that's kind of why I think that the lobby, gift shop, and restaurant are one building because it seems to actually carry through with that idea of transparency, and then it's immediately stopped after that point. Well, the fact that no, there's, no, you know, there's no evidence staircase when you go into that, you're just confronted with a bank of elevators, right? Well... Which are usually closed, <laughs> the elevators usually are, right? The stairs, but we mean from the outside or from when you first walk in? When you walk in, when you pay your money and get in through it. You can, see you can the take the stairs. You can take the stairs. It's just, it, it, you have to like look for them. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're tucked away like the. They're not ever. They're, they're pushing you towards the elevator. Like the I mean, they commissioned it. They should know. Yeah. yeah. We don't. We don't have any directional stair. Nothing directs us to a staircase to go up. One thing I have to say about that that staircase is, no, I walked no. down from the fifth floor, Small. and the first thing that you see that big glass like <laughs> going back to this idea of transparency, mm -hmm. transparency to what? <laughs> yeah. And. That there's a view of the conference room from the middle of that middle staircase is a very strange, like very jarring thing to me. Yeah. Well, that's what you mean by transparency. You mean the administration of it is transparent? They, it feels like they want it, want to show off different aspects, whether it be architectural or how the facilities or the how the people within them operate. Because you can see yeah. through the transparency of the doors into the kitchen, 
or into the different office spaces. So it feels like it plays on the, the duality of being a transparency. Well, I think we're talking about the ethos, like adaptability and transparency wouldn't be a bad way to put it. Um, the, uh, the exhibitory nature of the thing. Yeah. The fact that there is, a, there is an exhibition on the inside of, of the administration of it and the people who work there. When the offices are closed off, you can see through the, the glass doors into the corridors so that there is a lot of that. Conference rooms are open on the second floor, right? They're all glass. So whatever it is that they seem to be wanting, at least that much transparency. Yeah. I have the feeling that the whole building celebrates what they want us to perceive as their curatorial, is that a word, expertise. They want to showcase that they are the ones who select what um, contemporary American art is, and they want us to know that. How, how do they do that, though? What you're saying is authority. I'm thinking you, they, yeah, yeah they, yeah. Territorial authority. Yeah. What did I say? No, no, that's right. I could take the word curious. Yeah. I think that's what they're, because um, if you think about the building, um, I think the main, the main non-neutral aspect of it, like the elevator that calls your attention or the, the things that are different or very, that really call for attention are considered by them works of art if, themselves. And they, and the rest of it is very like Helvetica kind of, like the materials <laughs> are the neutral. The, everything else is just to showcase that. They want you to know that Nothing else matters but the art that they showcase and the way they want to showcase it to you. That's good. The whole building as a work of art, as a self-conscious display of architectural ingenuity, would go with that. Yeah. They are. They're also That's good. very... So the thing about the staircase and the, the main staircase only leads you up to that fifth floor yes. massive space. Places an emphasis on that gallery, which is the rotating exhibition gallery, mm -hmm. rather than on the permanent collection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you see that the permanent collection, they, <laughs> but this, they this... alter it all the time, though. Yeah. Even their, their works that they have, if you go today or within a month, they they switch it around all the time. So they want to sh share that. No, they like, want to show off. Yeah, they want to show it off, that, they, like, that they're organizing it differently or showcasing it differently all the time to push you and to make you pay that fee again. So the thing is movable at their, at their determination. Yes. Yeah. You're not allowed to go over there and switch them around. They select what the permanent puts on display. And and I maybe I'm the only one who felt this, but that floor dwarfs those paintings. <laughs> so the, the, the floor, the, the space is more on display than the paintings are. Yeah. Definitely. Which in that the case of that collection is not a bad choice, but still, <laughs> that that does put the curatorial authority onto their choice. Yeah, what's the word? Uh, oh, sorry. No, the capacity to choose. Isn't there an? Don't we have an abstract noun for that? Autonomy. No, that just means freedom. Um, the capacity to choose. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll think of some word for it, but that that would be the idea. I think that's right. 
so their their selection of the building and their selection of the shows are on display are the display of their own authority and it's not even that they apparently they have this massive number of artworks and they don't they only display a little bit at a time yeah every museum does that but that was a that was a surprise. Yeah, you don't to me. feel that at the next. I always yeah. thought the small selection at the old place was because the space was small, but then there's this vast space and there's very few paintings up, yeah. you know, and they have a lot more than that, obviously. They seem to. That's good. This goes along with I think both adaptability and transparency, but they project openness. And I mean that in the sense of openness the massive space. entry. They're inviting in half a block, and and then openness also in the sense of the fact that the gallery spaces don't necessarily have walls provides for a very flexible space, which seems to me to further their claim that art isn't necessarily wants us to show that they know that art isn't necessarily on walls yeah, or in gallery is, spaces. They're ready for it. Whatever right? it is, they, they know they, art. They just have, and that, that's the whole deal with having the biggest column-free space in New York City, is that they are, they're claiming to know that mm -hmm. art can be anything. Yeah. We, yeah, we know, we not only to know, but also to be the ones that are able to display it properly. Because if you have, like, depending on a performance or a big piece, where else are you going to put it? There's a word for that. Authority. Coming back to authority. It's authority about something that's constantly, uh, it can't be anticipated in the future, but they are claiming to be able to adapt to whatever comes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we can we know so much that we know we can't anticipate what will be art in the future. So it is a display of authority. Right, which is already a kind of anticipation because you're anticipating that art is constantly changing. The building constantly changes, and that's another way in which it's a work of art. Does that relate in any way to the fact that it sort of points at the Statue of Liberty or Empire State? Would that be sort of recognizing the past in order to say that we look back, or what would that? I'm tempted to say that it's setting itself up as the, the next, next monument. Yeah, it's yeah, not offering. Point, it's not so much. It's, it's, it's offering a view. It's the view of American art. Yes, it's also they started the The first Whitney was close to where it is now, and then after they moved to another place and then to where the Matt Boyer is today. And then actually they commissioned a couple of architects to make it larger, but because of like a thousand difficulties, they couldn't. And then they ended up... Do you <laughs> work for the... Exactly. I've been there a million times. A guide. We have a guide. Because <laughs> you... Well, so I have know. been there a million times. You're worried about your future. Now you have it. You can go. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Oh, okay. No. I'll give you a recommendation. Oh, okay. <laughs> it never fails. Yeah, but yeah. they wanted, like, they they couldn't adapt the old space, which ironically is now taken by the net. That's kind of what they're claiming, right? Kind of super, super view of everything, super ordinate view of the future. We know what it's going to be. 
Um, and I mean, if you think about Americans, though, don't they? <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. I, I swear to God, I don't mean it in a bad way. But isn't that something that really represents the U.S.? Yeah. I don't mean it in a bad way. I swear to God. Otherwise, no, 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 please. I, I, you can mean it in a bad way. Pardon. No, I really don't. I really don't. I think the word for American would be hubris. But confidence. <laughs> Oh, yes, okay. Well, missions are a little different from you. Because, I mean, if you, if you claim that American art is... Museum-worthy. No, 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 no. It's, it's, like, if you have a museum of American art only that can lead the way of, the, of like, the display of art, it's like, well, we know that art is going, is moving forward, blah, 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 and we, as, an, like, a, a really American museum, get to display that, that means that everything that is avant-garde or new comes from America as well. Yeah, Which might, but they're making it for you. Now, the, the claim that it's one of the American, uh, the iconic, right, that's what we'd say about the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building, so it's a claim to iconicity, and, and the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building and the World Trade Center, mm -hmm. right, yeah. so that I do think there might be a claim for international uh, imperialistic. Should we put that down yeah. too? Yeah. Well, Cultural imperialism? <laughs> what's interesting, a little strong, but. What's interesting about that, and I was, I'm trying to, trying to kind of get from this idea of the museum as separate from the visitors, because I, I don't think that's the case. I think the we includes the public as Americans, maybe. That might be a way to get there. No, because there's a lot of tourists in that area. Yeah, the the city is such an impressive place. The San Jose, you have No, it's okay. So I, um, I'm kind of reverting back to when we were first bringing up transparency, but I'm curious as to why we automatically. So I, I've taken, I've been taking a lot of ethics classes, and of course, transparency and ethics most, uh, most of the time relates to honesty and being upfront and not showing that you have to hide anything. So I'm curious why. In this case, in terms of the building, why transparency automatically leads to them showing off and feeling like they have something to prove rather than the other way around. Would be what they're showing off. Yeah. But well, anybody can answer that? No. Anybody? I think I, was, I, I think that's because the, the transparency that they show, I think they're acknowledging is similar to a failed transparency. Is that there's a limit to but it? It's very guided. Artful transparency. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be the way to do it. I mean, that's their ethos, but they're projecting the ethos of transparency, which would also be honesty. The question is whether they really are. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a further question. Also, what are they being honest about? Rhetorically, this seems to be what they want to project, right? Uh, any criticism of them would, would be irrespective of what they're it would be it would point out that they're what they're projecting and what they really are is not the same thing, mm -hmm. uh, which would which would be the point taken in controversy. Right. Well, that's pretty good. Anything else? Actually, I think that's right. I hate to say it, but I think that is what they're trying to do. That, that's confidence, right? That's not lack of confidence. Or at least that's certainly a recognition of what actually endures in the art world.
that they really revolved around themselves though, because there wasn't there was a word there, which was little pieces of skin tones. Do you guys see that? Yeah. So if you read the note, it said. We bought the ones of the artists that are members of our team. Like, it's only important, like, they only, because, like, each of, which of those skin tones is what, uh, the name of an artist. I actually have a picture of that. And they only bought the skin tones of the artists whose works they own. Uh, right? <laughs> is it just me? It's true. Authority is what they're projecting. Yeah. Um, you could call it something else at that point. Um, yeah, the way they're displaying those works uh, certainly tendentious, to put it that way. Does that count as a contribution? You can't box, sneeze. <laughs> well, that's the ethos. What's the argument? I think that's right. So, why is the building flooding? Why is the building flooding? Are they elevating themselves? Is that is that what we think they're they're doing? Yeah, what do you mean? Why do they? Well, they have the, the first floor is clearly transparent, and then the outside dips. Yeah. It's like it's they've elevated the second floor. So like the like the walls are mobile and floating, the building is in fact jutting out of that wall. It goes up. It definitely rises. I don't know how they got the zoning for it, because it's substantially higher than anything else around it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what to make of that. But when you say float, you mean like when why does nothing touch or why the the no, 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 no. the the form of the building. If the first floor is glass, visually standing on ground level, the the art, I see. the galleries float. Right. And they don't display the structure that allows that to happen. They don't. They don't call attention. They to don't it. call attention to it. Yeah, because it, it's there are pillars, but they're there's wide. Pillars, there's a lot of space between the pillars, and the yeah. pillars are definitely de-emphasized. Yeah. They must be. They must, they must have cantilevered those floors, no? This the structure is right. I don't know how they pulled it off. Yeah, it's hard to know, but they certainly. I don't know how they, they pulled off that gallery space. It's insane. They went down. Like fell a lot down. It. Usually, they would go like. This much down, they went three times more. Into the earth? Yes. But there can't and there was a lot of water, and took, they just, took, like, continued excavating. They built beams up, and then can't get that. And then they did all the steel, all the steel. That's the only way you could get, that's the only way you could get that floating down. No, that has to be it. That you can't leave it out. So the building is floating, or, or at least. That is a projection of authority of theirs. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's funny, because you think they, 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 it is not. Democratic, welcoming, everybody's equal kind of place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does not feel that way, even though that was, that's what it was like that when it was open. Is there anything you see in New York that does that? Uh, no. Well, maybe the Nicholas Rourke Museum. Yes. 
No, I'm just trying to think if their authoritativeness and this kind of iconicity that they're trying to get at is out of like maliciousness. Like, are they trying to do this like in this like really cocky way and trying to present themselves, or are they trying to do this in the idea of like this is what we think design, modern design is now? No. So, like, are they trying to set new boundaries, or do you think they're just trying to just be like, this is it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. well, I don't think they're resisting the argument that they're making to themselves. I think their argument is that authority means uh, means expertise. Yeah. Not, techn not technocratic expertise, the way right. Glenn projects, but expertise in the arts, artistic expertise. And I think they mean it. I think that's what they're doing. It's a it's an interesting assertion because it's it's a, it's not the most important museum in New York. Right, right. Like, trying to like figure out this, you know, then that for them to be like, well, yeah, they're trying to make themselves iconic. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, in a very super assertive way. I think that's right. But the question is whether the question for Aristotle would be whether they're credible. Are they showing goodwill, virtue, and good sense? Yeah. Another thing is like. I've seen on the subway like the advertisement of this woman looking through a, a white um, hole or something. Yeah, the, the, you know, the advertisements, which we're not, we're not doing, but they don't they seem like American art is here? Something like that? Not home in the meat packing. Yeah. Yeah. America. Yeah, you see America from here. Oh, so they really are. That works. You think the Statue of Liberty is looking at the poor and the suffering? No, it's looking at the Whitney. Yeah. Trying to see through that glass. Was America as hard to see? I think I think that is the ethos. I think that's the art. The argument is that we are these things. You know, um, I think we could say also the argument that art is so protean in this modern period that, only, that we recognize the protean nature of it and are adapting to it. So that just shows our authority and our omniscience with respect to the object. But uh, I think that is the argument, that, that they are those people. Because yeah. remember, you could have a museum that looks like this building. <laughs> right? You don't have to make it an architectural demonstration of talent. It's after all the work that's supposed to be on display, right? not the museum that's supposed to be on display. So when you make the museum the object on display, then you're making a claim for the institution primarily. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, this seems to be to be the only way to put it, um, which is really something, actually. Because the Museum of Modern Art doesn't make it an architectural display like that. Oh, they're building another, another condo? Okay. Another restaurant, a condo again? How many restaurants do you need on 53rd Street? <laughs> but what about the Met? Like, that's kind of like a different way, like a different approach, kind of, or any museum that has that, like, you know, Romanesque, like, historical feel to it. Like, I feel like that's kind of the same thing as the Whitney, except just in, it's just a completely different era of design. A different design. That's, I think you could like, probably get that. Like, what's, I can't, that's just what's over there. I can't remember the name of the museum in. France, the, 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 the Louvre, that's also like, you know, design and architecture for once. Uh, from the outside, is, I've never been there, so from the outside, it's very 
it isn't just a, it isn't just in the case of the matter you make the argument that it isn't just a uh, a claim for authority there, but a claim for the continuation of a tradition from Europe, right. because the architectural orders that are chosen are emphatically non-American, Native American, right. or original. So that would be a, a slightly different argument. Um, also, the Met has those staircases, yeah. uh, which is a little different, and it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't situate itself in its neighborhood so that it doesn't take account of the city around it, right? Um, which would mean that it's not doing at least that much what the Whitney is doing. Um, and the, the staircases really do come in from all sides. Um, so it, it's more, in a funny way, it's more accessible than the Whitney. I was going to say that too, yeah. Especially because the Whitney, if you think about the surroundings, it sort of welcomes it, but at the same time, it's breaking up with all of it. There's nothing that talks to it. I mean, it sort of talks to the Highline a little bit, but it's setting itself apart from everything. It talks to the Empire State Building and World Trade Center. It offers a view, but it um, privileges that view over the view that it's taken away from anyone who was behind yeah. it. You know, it, um, it makes itself the view yeah. from anything outside yeah, of it and says we are the place to get the view. That's of, true. Of yeah. I think well, that's, that's why there's balconies are still displayed. Yeah, they really are displayed. Why they reference the cafe in Paris is that yeah. it's in their own exhibition. Yeah. They're easier to see from the street than they are to get to from the inside of the building. I don't think I don't think the old the original Museum of Modern Art made quite the same kind of claim for itself. Mm -hmm. The original building, um, this is this is just embedded in a wall of, of the building. Well, it's, it's stuck in between. It's like a midtown. So it's stuck. In, you can't go across the sidewalk. You can just see like kind of such a rough angle. You know. The original one is very different. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The original oh, one was just, and, and they didn't move. Right? The, the moving of the Whitney is a big deal, actually, if you think about it, because they wanted, the, the, only in that space could they have gotten that kind of a, uh, a statement made. Yeah, that kind of works. And we can connect all these. You see, the, with, 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 if we're really doing a rhetorical analysis here, we'd say that's, that's the argument. It's an argument for its own ethos, basically. Right? It doesn't have a content other than itself. Maybe the case about buildings, although not Cranston. Um, then these would be the lines of argument. These would be the architectural lines of argument, and whatever that would be. You can't really name them, right? Um, the, uh, the, the, uh, I don't know, the float, the, the walls that don't have, there are no walls and all that kind of movability would be a way of making the argument of adaptability, and then none of those other things would be. So these, these, it's hard to know what an architectural line of argument would be, right? We have to integrate these things into that. Can we do that? Can we say this all this geometry is part of it? That's how we started off, right? With the whiteness. We now know we can now account for the balconies, right, in terms of the ethos uh, and the views offered through it. And we can account for the transparency on the ground floor because now it seems not to be a, a device of welcoming people to the museum, but a device of making the building Float, yeah. which is a very different thing, yeah. right? But now, it, now it shows off the building as an architectural yeah. feat. I think the right. 
it's a small gesture, but the way they're trying to welcome is the steps carved into the sidewalk. Yes. Which is 180. Fair enough. But that is a small gesture. It's very small. And the building is above the street level. And the building is very clearly yeah. elevated. So that, that's another way. So that would be one, so that would be an architectural line of argument for their, their uh, authority. What about the geometry or anything like that that we can do with it? I have to do with the materials. I can't get my head around that, that metal cladding. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know what, what they were doing. It might have something to do with the light, but I don't. I don't. I only saw it on a rainy day. Yeah, it looks like a looks like a ship. Well, I guess <laughs> it, the windows in the office building were said by the architect to sort of look like airplane windows. I thought they looked. I thought they looked like looked like. That's why I said it looks like a ship. It's because yeah, the like windows look like portholes. Yeah. But that's so stupid. It is stupid. The architect might have some idea of windows on an airplane. ships arriving in New York Harbor or something yeah. like that, being a European. What would you know? Uh, I, don't, I can't make any details of the cladding either. Um, and why is there one gesture that goes in this direction and then all the others go this? Well, that's not really true because it wraps that corner and then takes a different angle still. I don't know. Everything started from inside out, though. They said, well, we want to project this from inside, from what we have, from our collection, from who we are, and then let's find the materials and the shapes that will get there. Yeah. Maybe they did it the other way around. That would be, a, that would be consistent with this argument, right? Mm -hmm. The yeah. actual argument being made on the inside, not the outside. But there's still a distinct language set up where we have this sort of rounded angular metal versus this sheer concrete geometry. And why, for instance, why is the why are the corners rounded with the metal? What's, what are they doing with that? We can account for the concrete core because if you're going to have a space, you need a space in the world that's open without an interruption, then you need to cantilever it. But I want to account for the difference between the concrete core and the metal siding. Yeah, I can't. I can't do isn't, that. isn't that functional? That's what, that's my question. I don't know, but isn't that? Well, the metal siding must serve a function, but there's also a reason that it's that it's that there's the gaps the way they are, and that there's. That it's the geometry that it is, and that it's rounded, and that it's powder blue, and then da 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 da. That know? would all have to be somehow explained in terms of that argument. And I don't have an answer for it. Unless we're missing something in the argument that would explain it. I mean, you say it's recycled wood, right, on the floors. Is there any kind of environmental? Every building tries to do that. Rationale. Or the cladding environmentally. Something. It is because it blocks southern light, which makes makes if it was a glass, southern light makes that building ridiculous to cool. Okay. But that could be any any opaque cladding would do that. Any opaque cladding would do that. No. So the functional necessity of the cladding is there, but why it's that cladding versus any other, 
Is there an argument going on? Did it? Does it gleam? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like catch the sun. Definitely gets gray light in the evening. It has to. The sun, yeah, the sunsets over the Hudson are pretty dramatic. But does it catch those? Because if it glows at night, then we have a reason for it. Um, I don't think it glows at night. It certainly glows from the. It glows in the sense that it. The lighting on the inside from yeah. the outside, but every building has that. I don't know why but that can explain it. But that would be one of the things that would have to be incorporated. We must be missing something here, though. If we can't explain it in these terms, there must be something that. I don't know if the authority it's projecting is. This is going to sound strange, but I don't think the authority. It's about art. I think mean, it's about something else. Um, well, like I said, this whole thing of not being able to transition through the building as one would like to do. Like, you're very, very guided. But what are you guided to? There, I felt like I was always trying to get pushed into going to a cafe or going to the restaurant. I mean, not every other museum has this giant full-service high-end restaurant at the front of the building that's like one of the main features it doesn't feel like its main program is to be a museum i think we could put it a little bit differently um because it's certainly its main program isn't to be a restaurant no we have, we that's have, my confusion we, that's we have it. seen museum, the museum of modern art in boston is like that um, <laughs> i think maybe we need a different idea of, of or we could say art, and we could leave it at that, curatorial, or we could expand the idea to something broader than that. Because the, the staircases are emphatically, the ones in the, on the east side or in the west side are really industrial, right? And they show off the, 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 the core. I think, there's, I think that the cladding and the staircases, the way they use metal, has something to do with industry. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think... Oh, but if you think about the meatpacking district, doesn't it agree with that though? The, don't you? I mean, you want to show some effort to go on the waterfront, no? Well, there's a there's a cute new seat from the Kennedy Center Highline that you see the more industrial side where it's yes. all of the right. yeah, it looks like a factory. There's that that there's that functional core on the second floor balcony, right? That concrete thing that has actual building apparatus that are displayed as if it was sculpture. Yeah, they really, oh man, they really display. That's good. I had to do it especially for this impressed. They really display these, this kind of joinery. I mean, a materials class that we had to do sketches of joinery. Yes, it's a big deal. This is, it's a very industrial this is this is ship, This is industrial joinery. Yeah, and the they're displaying their industrialism. Art here means not art in the in the high art sense, but in the American sense of including practical industry. Yes, and that's you know, also well not design, but I think industry is right. I think that's right. Uh, 
but there's no, there's no, there's a continuity between these two things. You know, you know what the what the what the, what the metal is that holds the windows in place. Yes, they're I beams. Yeah. So we do have. What is that? It's it's a beam of metal that like cross section looks like an eye. And that's why they have that reclaimed lumber box. It's the best um, because it doesn't display work. Reclaimed lumber shows work. It's not just it's just not just manual labor either, but the fact that you can see that's why the middle staircase looks like a tech startup. Focusing on their work. And you know this is different because this would make it. This would give a concept of America, yeah. different yeah. than the um, imperial and different than the Met. So yeah. this is breaking with tradition, right? Yeah. Uh, in a, an emphatically American way, in, in the same sense that the George Washington Bridge is a masterpiece. Right. American art produces industrial masterpieces. Something like that, and the cladding is industrial. That's the thing: is the cladding doesn't feel that industrial. The building on the north side looks like a factory. The building on the north side looks like a factory. That's definitely there. So, do you think that it's fair to say that American art is just like in comparison? I'm just going back to the Met because I think of the Met as kind of like the average museum, like most museums look like that. It has these major displays. Um, do you think that it's Yeah, I mean, that's totally consistent with it, right? By virtue uh, of its industrialism. By virtue of, it, of something distinct in the American character that draws no distinction between vernacular and high. Is that not wrong? In other words, vernacular means what, what we'd all use, I-beams, um, cladding, I don't know, I'm running out of things. Well, um, elevators, right? Floors. The floors make that argument, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you think about the whole nature of the argument that in America, you have that chance of, it's, it's the land of opportunity in a way, so that any high being can become, you know, a museum. But, but it's, not, it's not quite, but it, does, it still retains the authority aspect of it. So it isn't American democracy idea that everything no, is art. Not. It's what we say is art is art, and we. But what we mean by art is something not in, not incompatible with what we mean by uh, vernacular. That's the argument that all of Chelsea makes. <laughs> or architecturally, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now that for sure. Yeah. The concrete floors and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. okay. It's distinctly American to to not see a distinction, you know, or to celebrate both halves equally. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that that is goes back a long way in American history. Uh, discovery of the, the vernacular as the main line of American culture. Yeah. When, you, when you hear people talk about popular culture, you're just hearing of a, an extension of an old argument about shaper furniture and the George Washington Bridge, which, believe it or not, was an incredible crux for this argument. You know, the original the original design for the George Washington Bridge was to be clad in marble. <laughs> The art, when the architect saw the thing as it now stands, 
he said, leave it. It was one of the moments when a huge change, change in taste, not a change in American taste, but a change in American elite taste, because the elites would want something that was made out of marble and all the rest of it. But the country was always making industrial objects. And that was its real mode of expression. I think, I think they are making an argument along those lines. It owes nothing to Europe. And all these icon, iconic things around it are, Ameri are American. Um, we would say New York, of course. I was going to say, yeah. But, you know, the tourists would say Americans. And that's who the real audience is. And in a sense, it, this is pushing it a bit, but it definitely feels to me that it faces West. Let's see. I feel that too. Faces like me Well, all the views it's stuck over there too. Are like it's like going like the higher side of the building is west. Yes. And then it slowly descends towards the east. Mm -hmm. it seems like it's sending its sails to the west. Yes, of course. Whatever lies. What's on the other side of the Hudson? Is there, is there anything over there? <laughs> yeah, the, and then what? And I never, never did them. Then you just keep going, and then eventually you'll get somewhere. Yeah. But west of New York, there's the U.S. <laughs> the west of New York? I mean, think of New York in the map. I mean, the whole U.S. is to the west. I mean, the... Am I no, you're right, you're right, I'm making fun of it. No. <laughs> In New York, we don't think that. Right, but wait then, do you think the, the museum has two different views there? The view is from the New Yorker, and then the view, then the view from the American or slash tourist is a different meaning then? I don't think it's meant to be seen from the Jersey side. <laughs> <laughs> The Joyce side. Um, I, I don't. I, I really don't. I, don't. <laughs> I think it's meant to be seen yeah. that way, right? Going yeah. towards the west. All the views you have it are really from the west. Do you think that New Yorkers do not well, see the east? Uh, yes, the views from the east, looking west, right? Oh. Right. Hmm? Go ahead. Do New Yorkers not feel that they're Americans? I was. Coming from the West, no, no. New Yorkers do not. There's a great sense of Americanism. I don't know. Yeah. Remember, there's been a secession movement in this city for at least 50 years. Did you know that? Think of what a dream it would be if we could secede from the, from America. Okay, we should support each other. Let me make a comment that it's so strange to them as a European that the states take for granted takes the territorial integrity of the country for granted. That was his line. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, well, that, does that settle everything? That's actually, that's pretty good, right? So the building can be read architecture, uh, rhetorically. If we look at, I think the ethos is the way in, because you don't really know what the argument is until you see what they're trying to project about themselves. Uh, then, then you can reconstruct the argument. That confusion, or not confusion, well, I would say it's confusion, but that, um, that 
uh, argument that art, their meaning of art is, is this other thing that is not compatible necessarily with what other people might think it is, is interesting to me because what, that might be like the reason why I personally felt just utter confusion <laughs> walking through the building. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I, I, I didn't know what the art was in a funny way. You know, when the fact that you can see all that stuff on the ceiling is such a display of its industrial noose, industrial intelligence, that you think that's the work, yeah. right? That that's more interesting than what's on the wall. <laughs> it really draws your, your the attention up there. The, you see how they can move the walls, right? That's all of, it's the hanging for the walls up there. Yeah, which is utterly confusing. Because when you go to the Met, you're like, all right, I'm here to see art. When you go to the New Whitney, it's like, I don't know. It didn't feel like a museum to me. It felt like a hotel without rooms. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. When I walked in, the first thing I thought was that people went there to be seen rather than to see anything. Yes, of course, yeah, definitely. I was too absorbed in the building to, to notice anybody. Oh, that's why I hate it. And I got to tell you, that's why that, that museum shop, the, the books are not displayed for sale. No, they're, they're displayed not. for show off. Well, that they have. The, oh, that Books are untouched. The new, yeah, they're all wrapped in plastic, aren't they? Except for the one copy yeah. you could browse through. Mm -hmm. The new museum. You have to get it, put it back exactly yeah. <laughs> the books are lined up Yes, perfectly. but the new museum is kind of different in that there are books that you can like. There's a lot of uh, other books that you can touch. New yeah. museum. It's also sectioned off more. Maybe we should do the new museum. Oh, yeah. The new museum in contrast to this would be so interesting. Do we have to go inside that? <laughs> what is happening to me? Definitely have to go inside the museum. Can we agree that's next week assignment in the museum? Yeah. The museum has that giant boat on the one side. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Really good liquor store. <laughs> the Parsons building. Parsons building. We did we did that in here last year, but we can do it again. The new museum is a good idea to do this actually. Yeah, definitely. So say what's interesting about the museum is the if the Henri Estado, if it was still up, we could only really look at the outside and the first floor because each one of the floors completely they completely changed them fully. They're not at all the same. They were just closed. Not that long ago. No, not that it's not closed, but they're, they're, um, for each exhibit piece that they have, besides their one top floor that's separate, all the rest of the floors are for this one artist. So they, uh, each floor is then completely transformed into something else. Like one floor has padded walls everywhere oh, for like the acoustics. Oh, so, well, we could see that. Yeah. I mean, we could see that as part of the The structure. fact that they do that. So yeah, the fact they do that is what we can see. Oh, all right, let's new museum for next week. That's a good idea. Really interesting. Really interesting to see how that works. But we're not done with the rhetorical stuff. Well, actually, what we've been doing effectively is mounting the counter argument to this. Yeah. You know, if we want to set up a Ciceronian debate, it would come down to issues between what we've been claiming. 
um, what would the counter argument be? Notice it's not actually what would the counter argument? The counter argument is very difficult because we sort of agreed that some of the things they're doing they're not doing. Well, they're not they're doing they're it. Are. They're just not doing it. They're just not convincing us. Yeah, that they are not. Our museums are static. We could do that, right? We could say our museums are static. Uh, authority is vested in. The work. The work. That would be good. <laughs> this issue of art as like industrial American vernacular, that would be like a, I guess, a definitional or a qualitative issue. We could do that. That's okay. Or we could say the counter argument is the argument against their ethos. Mm -hmm. You are not. You are not. You are not. Uh, in which case, they'd be fa all factual issues. Right. Right. Uh, whereas in the other case, there would be definitional rules, I think. What is all yeah, it must be definitional. Do we have proof that they aren't, though? Or? Proof that they are what? That they aren't what we're claiming? We well, just think that. But... Well, well, the design says that, though. But, like, what? I think what you would have to look into is the witness writing about the witness, if that were ever possible. I know what you mean because in, in this day and age you can't separate the building from the discourse of the right. But, but the question isn't whether there's proof of it, whether this argument is made with those lines of argument adequately enough to persuade somebody, right? To persuade Why the is audience. it not persuading us? Why do you not buy it? I mean, they're trying really hard. That's why we don't buy it. Is that why? That's, that's what I was thinking too. They lack credibility because their argument is. Uh, Maybe if they had credibility, they they wouldn't need to prove it to us. Is that what it is? It's not something that you can just commission. That's a basic rhetoric in praise of itself. I mean, if you really put it in very Sicilian terms, what are they arguing? They're arguing that we are good, we deserve praise, and this building should be praised, right? And. Then the question is, does it deserve that praise? Mm -hmm. And then, then you can say no, because nothing deserves that praise. <laughs> right? Or you'd have to be a great deal more than that to deserve that praise. Right? I think if you go back to Aristotle, you know, that good rhetoric is the way to look at that particular building. Right. Um, uh, and, and then if that were the case, and we take that to Cicero, then we'd be saying it really deserves it. They don't, they don't emphasize the building doesn't display these things. Platonically, um, well, not platonically. We, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. But I think we see the reality, not the appearance, and we've yeah. we've gone to it that way. Well, you think about the average person. Does the average person not believe that? Well, let's take let's take let's take a rhetorical question. Who is the audience for this building? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the audience? The audience for this building is. I think the audience for this building is. Well, is, is yeah. I think the audience for this building is the person that wants to be seen in that picture. Yeah. yeah. Wants to, but that just means wants to arrogate to themselves the, no. 
the epidemic decline that the building makes for itself. There wasn't any incident. It's not incident building, so how can you be seen if you can't even see? Well, nowadays you can always be seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show yourself there. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you, don't, you don't need anyone to see you. Some, some yeah. Saturday. Yeah. But I think it's no. a complex audience. Island, I forgot about the island. That's not a mistake. Yeah. No, 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 because that's almost exclusively yeah. what I saw other than tourists. What are meatpacking types? It's like young, you know, like a lot of money and they like beautiful. Uh, that's the Ridgewood point of view. So we understand the battle of the hipsters here. I'm, I, I'm neutral in this. Maybe their audience is whoever wants to be told what important part is. That's good. Exactly the one. That's a good one. Yeah. Art students. Yeah. Is that what art students do? Uh, I don't think it's exclusively to that. I don't think it's exclusively tourists. I just don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think There's always a lot of elderly there. And 20th century, right? And 20th century. Yeah, that's consistent with all this, right? The Americanness and also the, the fact that the art is now new and that it requires a different kind of authority to understand. We have it. Right, and the fact that they would publish that sentence. <laughs> 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 well, you're stuck with it. Called the Whitney Museum of American Art, and you got to kind of escape the title. It's a good thing a country has two names, right? Which was, I was gonna, uh, uh, according to you guys. The extreme American art, but the art of America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the audience is a good question. Um, I think it's. I think it. I think it is a complex audience, but we don't have. But I think that in one sense it is um, the public. Right. But in another sense, it's the art world. That's yeah. Right. That so makes sense. So that the the uh, the claim for authority or the claim for um, omniscience would be disputed by the art world. But I think it's been claimed as a preeminent right to the modern. But you mean the artist then? That. What do you mean? Like they wanted to be represented? Like they wanted to be displayed? Now, by the art world, I mean the people who would, so who would find, <laughs> who would find whatever they're putting in their art. <laughs> that really doesn't. 
That doesn't quite do it, though. Collectors? Hmm? Collectors? I don't think collectors. They're too small a group to say that that's the audience. It isn't just anybody looking at it, though. It has to be somebody who's concerned with the issue, who has authority in the arts. Mm -hmm. right? And that would be, I guess, whoever is concerned with that issue. Exactly. It would be people who are concerned with 20th century American art. But I, I think the, the counter-argument is this is a tourist attraction. But I think it's a tourist attra attraction not because it's in a museum, but because of its location. And it's, and, and it's celebrity as an architectural thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think the reason that location is part of it. This is why it doesn't work. They don't know who the audience is. They didn't want to find out. That's why it works is because they basically need their audience. I mean, we don't agree with it, but we're not. We might not be their audience. It works if there are if their audience is people who want. Yes. <laughs> or want to believe in that. Yeah, but that's, that would be the limit. You could say to any audience for anything, right? But it's audiences who would persuade. I think even if we don't agree with the points, I think even then the argument isn't made well. But it has to be made well, because I've lived here for two years. Everyone who comes to visit me wants to go to the place. Why? Well, then I guess that's I've been taken yeah. there, I swear to God, a thousand times. That's why you've been there. Maybe they advertise in my country. Why do you go? <laughs> why do you let them well, take you? Well, I live close. There's a couple of nice restaurants around. I just, I don't what know. What the hell? They both say yes. I say yes. Waste another afternoon. <laughs> Life is endless. All right, there's time for everything. I'm, I'm nice. I can't say no. I don't know. you got to learn to say no. And Get your parents off your back. <laughs> private advice here, but I'm. Uh, no is the most important word you can learn in this, in this world, by the way. Okay, we could say it as, as they say in Ovi Dick in thunder. <laughs> the real way to say it. I say no a thousand times only to say yes in the end, but that's my own Admitting is the first step. Right? I'm interested in my private life, actually. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yep. So, so you can't um, so quite say that the audience is just whoever's persuaded. But I'm saying we, we got to the ethos first, and now we're trying to fit an audience. But if if you were the architect, you would, you know, start with an audience and develop the ethos, or decide the right way to use the lines, specific lines of argument to persuade them. Yeah, you're right. So I do sort of think if any of that matters to you, then you're the audience. I mean, yeah, I think that's right. That, that's as much as say the art world, right? Yes. People to whom this sort of issue is significant. Yeah. That isn't everybody. Well, All right. The art world and people who want to interact with this idea of American iconic Americanism, which would which is what would attract tourists and would attract mm -hmm. like um, Americans. That's good. That is a double edged. 
think that's a double audience of bullying. Does appeal to both sides. That's good. And then in its defense, it appeals to both audiences at once with the same building. So that can be considered something of a triumph, actually. But if you're not those people, if you don't share their common opinions, right. then you will find the building. Yeah, if we, if we turned it around in terms of common opinions, it would be, in America, industrial and art are not distinguished. Art is, is a happening new modern thing that's different now than it was 100 years ago. Um, the technological will future in will be different in 10 years. Everything has changed. Everything is different. Um, and if you put those common opinions into it, then you would have it. Because your common opinions are that Part of a infrequent elite activity made by a handful of geniuses who are unknown to the public, you would not find it persuasive. <laughs> yeah, we could have gone into common opinions actually, but we now see which common opinions are actually being drawn on. Um, it's taken for granted that, that art is a valuable thing and that museums play an important role in the, in the life of the art world. And that again, and it, and it start yes, it elevates. It's starting from there. It was elevated. And it's huge. And yet there's nothing in it. Yeah, it's, it's just a giant empty space. It's the most amazing thing. That's why it feels like a hotel without rooms. Well, you can always go to the balcony and see the rooms. But it can also be seen as another towards authority because if you think about it in comparison to New York, like New York space in New York is very valuable. Yeah. So to have something that big and to show so little also says a lot. The conspicuousness of it is really amazing. It's like amazing. You know, the Met is not conspicuous in that sense. There's no place in the city that you can stand and actually take in the whole facade. The Met is a much more intimate space, actually. It's incredible as that sounds. Uh, yes. I was going to say about having a lot of expensive space and not, not really doing anything with it. It's like the architectural equivalent of having a lawn. <laughs> you just have it because you can have it. And it's like a piece of land you don't use for anything. It really is empty. A museum is empty. But if you use it for anything else, it's not a lawn anymore. The paintings were dwarfed in that space. And that wasn't even the big space, right? Big paintings were dwarfed in there, right? right. <laughs> what, could, what could possibly be, be viewed in there? Amazing. Oh. Oh. Really? That's the is that, is that what that was? That was, that, that, that was like three weeks. That was uh -oh. the first one. I didn't, I didn't go into the dark room. <laughs> giant dark room with things in it. And not what I wanted to go in. I just, I don't feel like I'd be able to see that far into the distance. So being in a, inside an enclosed space, or an enclosed space, I could see a wall further than a building would be on the other side of the sidewalk to me. Didn't you want to run through? I, 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 I did too. I wanted to just like 
sprint over to the other side. Well, I was there, there was a girl dancing in that space. <laughs> <laughs> it really was a gymnasium, like. Yeah. yeah. Was it behind the curtain? Was there lights on behind the curtain? I think. It was a, a series yeah. of projections. Oh, I, would, I would have tripped Inside. five times getting there. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that. Oh, no, you can see it. Platonically? Two different, two different, all sorts of different things. Two different art. Two different yeah. museums. Um, it turns out to be bifurcated. Two different, this is maybe going a little too far, but two different Americas? No, why not? Yeah. Why not? Two different kinds of movability, two different kinds of transparency. Yeah. But then that kind of goes to not New York, America, but that is like a mention in between. About the transparency? Yeah, and like the idea of like America associating yourself with iconic America versus what you were talking about of like these are like student art students going to see it, but you don't. Like, I don't know, I can't, I can't go to Text us when you're. All the time we need. Like this woman. Oh, you. Yes. Oh, not me. No. Did you like to say Okay. I heard a noise in this direction. No, it's funny how like this woman is a Vanderbilt, which is like. Oh yeah. Worse than that, she's a Whitney. Yeah, and then she decides, yeah. With the Whitney's were the Vanderbilt's lawyers. Yeah, but who was richer? Depends when you ask that question. When, 1931, when she opened. No, no, William, William K. Vanderbilt was still around, and he was one of the richest men in the world. Because, I mean, she chose to use her married name instead of her very, very aristocratic well, no, it's not quite that. The Vanderbilt name isn't exactly uh, beloved. I know, but isn't it powerful, though? I mean, if you if you want to claim authority on anything, I mean, in 1931, wouldn't you have used that name, yeah, your family American name? No? Not. I'm, I'm not, not sure. I'm calling it The Whitney is a little bit different now. It's, it no longer has... Does anyone think of the founder of that? No. I don't think it's part of their, their ethos. The fact that they call it the New Whitney presumes that you already know that the Whitney is like a thing. Do they call it the New Whitney? No, no we call it the New Whitney. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Well, let's think about it. They're, they're trying for something with the um, with the outdoor space. But remember, you want with longevity, you want an effect of a cause, right? And the effect we want is sublimity, which is elevation, greatness, great emotion, all the rest of it. Elevation. The lift of that building isn't not isn't not impressive. Yeah, it's in a room that's so open and it's farther than you've seen since you moved to New York City. A room that open it definitely would qualify for the sublime category of difficulty, as Burke would say, because right? you don't know how it's done, and it's kind of an amazing thing. 
So that would be, I think, a similar purpose. And they emphasize with the gridding on the ceiling, they emphasize the length and size of that room. I mean, yeah. geometry. It, 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 it becomes way. geometric space, and it really is impressively big. You have to be in it to to feel it, which would be yeah. part of the sublime, rather than standing outside it. I don't think the building to me doesn't seem sublime, and it's too small for one thing. I mean, too too low to really take you up like oh, on the outside. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't tower. The view from the view is not quite sublime, really. You know, it's just awful that. downtown. <laughs> <laughs> It's like exactly what you think it'll look like. Yeah, it's all of these all views. But from the view, it's also not really that different from the view. Yeah, from any building. <laughs> from any building, yeah. But I think that, that room would be the bid for the sublime. What about the staircase, though? What? Does it make a bid for it, though? I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't Maybe think so. Maybe the, the, the Oolong Apple. The one that has the lights hanging in it. Oh, oh no. no. No, just no. Just plain no. Because remember, in addition to the sublime, there are all the ways in which something can aim at the sublime and fall short of it. There's frigidity, virility, the whole the rest of it. The circus on the outside does it. Makes a bid for it. Makes a bid for it, but doesn't succeed. I don't know that white is the sublime color for Longinus. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't really suggest elevation. There's maybe. Sublime, or are they just simply rhythmical? I think I think you're right about that. That's good. They have the rounded edges to give it weight. Does that how does that work? Because it separates it from the geometry of the concrete. It feels like it's a separate building. It feels more like a separate building, so it gives it float rather. So the floating part seems to float more. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. It separates it from the actual support. Right. So that it seems it to be. makes it look like it isn't supported. Yeah, yeah when, when you're coming from the east, it looks like it's two buildings, obviously, right? Yeah. And then you find that then, so that would that would be a sublime. Didn't quite get it, but it is something that there would be one way in which the sublime would be suggested. Though I have seen it in the evening when the sun is visible through that lobby space, so that you see the sun shining under the building. And that, that would be something. It really does float. That would be something. It really does float. And that's what we'll have to hand it to that moment. But that's okay because if it, it, there's no reason not to think that uh, light is not a part of architecture. In fact, as, as, as I've told you, that Rus Ruskin thinks the only two things of architecture, all you need is a pillar and a shadow. <laughs> and that's architecture. It's just it's a strong shadow. Right, it's worth any amount of filigree. Um, so why isn't light, light part of it? The harnessing of light would be part of it. it I think I mean, it could this building clearly works with light extensively. 
You could make the argument then that it is at that moment. All right, remember, it's, a point, it's sublime is a point effect. It's not a continuous effect. So that if it's one moment, even one moment a year, in which they, the heavens line up for it, that's the sublime. You wouldn't expect anything to be continuously sublime. That works. There are two approaches to the sublime in that. It's okay. Not bad. Buildings are rhetorical when you start to think of them this way. The question is, can they ever be anything but rhetorical? That's for the architects to figure out. Can they be expressive? That's what we want. And imaginative. They start to go back. But you know, the, the Aristotelian approach, we went through the ethos. We could have gone through the uh, common opinions thing too. Um, and we just said, well, what are the common opinions about museums, or about art, or about buildings, or about New York, or about all those things? Um, and we would have gotten to the same place. But ethos seems to be the way into that building. What time is it? Are we done? Can we do this thing till the time? Not right now. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Worked okay. Not bad. The only design students who would, who would hate it. Yeah, design students are a very tough audience for building. Um, so we'll do the same thing with the new museum. We'll just start by talking about it, and then we'll ask for it and see where that goes. And we'll see what they say. Cool. It's going to be interesting. What other? What can we do after that? What other museums to do? Yeah, you can't get a grip on the modern. It's hard to figure it out. The Guggenheim. Yeah. I'm not paying 18 bucks. Go to Queens. <laughs> no. Oh. Yep. This thing you want to do? I'm curious to do a public sculpture or a we can do that. You know which one I'd like to do? We're gonna do that one. Atlas and Rockefeller Center. No, you don't like that? <laughs> well, that could be one we could do. We could do any of the um, the, the big bar reliefs in the, in the Rockefeller Center building, the one of the press. Familiar yeah. with that? It's a really good sculpture. Or we could do anything that you wanted. We can't do, obviously, Columbus because we can't see him. Mm -hmm. The dog in Central Park that rescued the boy. Oh, he's not Central Park. <laughs> there are the, there are the um, I don't want to do this one. The Carl Bitter reliefs on the, on the top of Morningside Park. Um, there's uh, William Ellery Channing in Cadman Plaza. Some, some past borough president of Brooklyn. You know, I do that. We could do the LaGuardia in, down at LaGuardia Place, Statue of LaGuardia, like this. We could. There's the eagle down at the bottom of uh, the battery. There is, there is the um, Gandhi statue in Union Square. Better than you think. 
Where's the plant? Space. You have to first demarcate where, like, what is the space that you're treating? Yeah. Because how far down are you going to go? Yeah. It wouldn't make sense to do Broadway. You know, the way they modeled Broadway so that it has all that seating area with those plants and like the pink oh. colors on the street. In, yeah. But that's like a very, that's a, that's a gesture. That's very rhetorical. Yeah, that is rhetorical. I mean, up by, up by um, yeah. Union Square. From about, from about Union Square to like 34th oh, and yeah. That's amazing. Well, there are a lot of stand. I think about there are statues in Madison Square Park all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's also like kind of a better, a more manageable square. Anything downtown? Anybody know downtown? Like it's a comfort square. Which square? It's just a. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a um, Gramercy Park. Gramercy Park. Um, you park can't go in from no. the bars. The, <laughs> the oh, but the way that the oh, oh yeah. the like the block surrounding it. Possible. Well, the way it directs traffic is weird. And the way people are going to look at you when you spend like 15 minutes around it taking notes, it's going to be yeah, interesting. Well, it's all right. We don't look like terrorists. <laughs> I wish we could figure out something about urban planning, though, because it really is directional and, and directed. The problem is that it, it, but if we just take any square, then we're subject to all the things that are not really purposive. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing. Um, the flat iron? The building? That whole... Because oh, yeah. that was the... Oh, all the things that right. were done. Yeah. But then the buildings that were built were built there after the, the layout. But that's true of every place in Manhattan. Think about it. Um, we got we got for next week anyway, and then we got a few more weeks next week. Any other suggestions or comments? I have a question. Is it possible, do you think, to do an analysis of a film, or is it too long? Which film are you thinking of? Because <laughs> there are short films. No, well, the film I'm thinking about is very long because it's 
I'm writing a paper on it. <laughs> no, no, I'm writing a paper on something else, not on anything like this. What's the uh, film? My Fair Lady. Really? The original? Yeah. No, not the original. The, 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 what, is it in no, color? The cool score. Oh, it's, a, it's in color. Yes. Oh, that's a remake. No, the original was Pygmalion, not My Fair Lady, the, of, the, of the play. It's a much better oh, movie. Oh, no, yeah, not the original. Much better movie. Maybe we could do the original. Yes. So we could possibly do something about movies? Yeah, the only thing I would warn you against is that they're incredibly complicated. Yeah. There's so much, so much form. Any one frame has so much in it. Yeah. Could we choose a frame for the movie? Yeah. Because so, yeah. that one particular comes to mind. Like, one, I would be interested in the Metropolis. Um, Good. Okay. Good to me. Anyone who wants to do a black and white movie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing about rhetoric is in, in all the cases that we've been dealing with, the universal art, it doesn't have a subject matter. For Aristotle says anything that comes within the range of deliberation, all right, so that he doesn't remember. He thinks it's, he actually called it a universal art, like dialectic, as having no subject matter. Cicero, anything that can come into controversy is, is subject to it. Um, Plato is a universal method too. Everything can be referred to left and right, and all the rest of it. And Longinus, if you take effects and causes, you're talking about anything because everything would be conceived of as an effect of a cause. So rhetorically speaking, anything can be analyzed in any any point of these. So I don't see why not. You better pick the right frame, though. Like, uh, you know, not the, not the, well, the credits, believe it or not, the credits can often be very significant. Um, but movies are complicated because when you get into into the lighting, the acting, the music, the cuts, the, you, you, you get a lot. But it's perfectly okay if you want to try it. You know, why not? If you want to do it, if you want to do it, there's no substitute for wanting to do something. So if you want to do it, you should do whatever you want to do. Don't worry about me. True. Um, don't limit yourself. We're going to start doing formal analysis of a movie in my Friday at 3.50 class in two weeks. I'm going to watch a sit-in on that. What movie? Black Narcissus. Black? Well, it's in color, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a great movie, though. And if anyone's interested in formal analysis, I'm going to be doing a formal analysis of a poem in my other class in about four weeks. What class is that? Invention class. What is that? Friday at 12. Uh, but the movies are uh, fun to do and inform. Because formal analysis is not rhetorical analysis. We don't, we don't go into the audience or the persuasion involved. We don't know who the audience is until we know the work. Always ask what's the difference, and the difference really is in Aristotelian terms. Rhetoric aims at a persuasion, and we start with the persuasion and go backwards from there. <clears throat> but a work of art, you don't know what it's meant for until you've understood it. You don't know who the audience is until you've understood the work. The act of a formal analysis is, in fact, the act of making yourself the audience for the work. So it's a little different. But yeah, movies are okay. We can't do a movie here, but. Um, we have a new museum. We want to do photographs. So we have a, a statue and some kind of urban thing. Would a park satisfy you or not for urbanity? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. 
think about it. Uh, there are a whole bunch of new parks in the city that might, might be interesting to do. That's be a small park. Right. Washington Meadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Watch the new Washington Square Park. You know? Um, I mean, it, the redesigned Washington Square Park, the current, its current state. Um, you know, it isn't a bad. Or was thinking about you know, Broadway cuts avenues and whatever it does, it creates a square, right? So, the one at Seventy Second Street, Tuffy Square, is not so bad. to do, and the whole subway complex at Ninety Sixth Street might be interesting to do. You were suggesting also the Vignelli subway map, which would also be an interesting thing to do. Ooh, what about um? The new subway place in um, or the what's the place called? Oh. The World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. Didn't they just finish building that? That big spine thing? There's always you don't you hate it already? The architecture students already hate it. So <laughs> let, let me save us time and say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They wanted to make it move. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> This is the this you'll find is a pretty handy guide to architecture. This is the new, the new AIA guide to architecture. I wouldn't mind doing it. It's odd as it sounds. Um, the subway station at Roosevelt Island. And then the other one is the famous Avenue H stop on the Q train. <laughs> I can't get any interest in this Avenue H stop. You know, I thought about that the other day, and I think I've been there. See, it had a big effect. Well, because it looks like no other subway stuff. You don't. Avenue H, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Manhattanite. You'll never need to know. Is it in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah, they have they have uh, lettered avenues in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, they have lettered avenues in New York in Manhattan too. Uh, just the The X. X. The, the Avenue X stop on the uh, F. Oh yes, I was Cool. If there was one subway sign to steal, it would be that one. <laughs> I never had the guts. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we got the new museum for next week, and we'll see how our thoughts go after that. But think about an urban space and see what happens. All right. That was fun.